This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So today we're going to talk about a couple of different shootings. I hear there's one in California. going to talk about that. Uh, someone just brought that to my attention. also want to talk about the APD, the Austin Police Department's officer-involved shooting of a business owner. going to talk about that, kind of break that down a little bit. This is a strange one. This is a, a really weird case real situation weird situation so first i want to start off by looking at the video of the ring camera the ring camera take a look at that and i'll kind of talk you through it just a little bit we're gonna roll that all right so um this a business owner is actually at his home and he suspects that someone is actually inside his home and so the homeowner which is the business owner has an ar-15 and he's confronting someone that he believes is inside the home. We're not hearing anyone else, and we don't see anyone else. But according to what he's, he's told someone else prior to this video, he believes that someone is inside his house. Now, And no one else sees anyone, just him. So the Austin Police Department uh, shows up because a 911 call went out that there's a a man with a rifle shooting into a house. And so the 911 caller, and we're going to listen to that 911 call as well, uh, but I want you to listen a little bit of what he said. We'll, we'll play that here in a second, and that gives us a little insight into what some other people were thinking at the moment. 
And so the officers pull up, and then really quickly, they say, drop the gun, pow, 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 immediately, real quick, real quick. Um, and I, I want to break that down a little bit because, one, he's standing in the entryway of his home, and he doesn't have any ear protection on at all. He, he fired an AR-15 in the entryway, which is going to echo, and an AR-15 is really loud all by itself. And the fact that you're staying in the entryway, that means the, the shots that you fired are going to be even louder. So his ears are ringing, and he can't hear anything around him right now. And so when the officers pull up and tell him to drop the gun, I'm willing to bet he didn't hear any of that at all. Probably didn't realize that they were officers until after he was shot on the ground, and then he says, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. All right, so let's look, listen to the 911 call. Take a listen to this. 911, do you need police, fire, EMS, or mental health services? Uh, police and possibly mental health. To what address or nearest cross street? 911 call of uh, an, an officer involved shooting that happened earlier this uh, earlier last month uh, and it was a uh, Rajon David Moonsing happened on November 15th yes ma'am is he black white Hispanic Asian uh look to be white because you see what color shirt uh not a shirt he's wearing a what is that garment called a Looks kind of like most of a robe. Okay, so can you see what color? It's gray. Gray, and you and think it's a robe? Dark pants. Okay. Does he appear to be under the influence of any drugs or alcohol, or you can't tell? Uh, 
couldn't say for drugs. He's definitely too coordinated for alcohol. Okay. And then, does he appear to have a mental health issue? No idea. <laughs> but considering how paranoid he's acting, uh, it might be. Do you happen to know the name of the duplex is? Uh, no, I wouldn't know the name of it. Okay. Okay. All right, so now this, this took place on November the 15th at uh, 12.28 a.m. The Austin Police Department continues to investigate the officer-involved shooting that occurred on that day. And Austin 9-1 Communications received that call there regarding a man with a, with a gun across the street from 2301 South 3rd Street in the area of 2nd Street and Fletcher Street. Now, one minute later at 12.30 a.m., APD officers were dispatched to this location. The caller remained on the phone line with Austin 911 Communications while officers responded to the scene. The, the caller said that the man seemed to be scared of something inside of his own home and was turning the outside lights on and off. And the caller said the man was pointing his rifle at the interior of his home. And the caller then stated the man just fired into his own home. The caller said the police were on scene and the man fired again. And the man who fired the rifle was later identified as Rajon David Moonsing. And the address where Moonsing was located was later identified as 2216 South 3rd Street. Now, two officers driving separate marked police vehicles arrived at approximately 1233 a.m., three minutes after the initial call was dispatched. As one of the officers pulled up to the, to the residence, he heard gunshots and realized that he was directly in front of where Mr. Moonsing was located. Both arriving officers then drove past the residence. The two officers exited their vehicles and sought cover while Mr. Moonsing, who was standing on the porch, continued firing a rifle. The first officer to observe Mr. Moonsing gave him a verbal command to drop the gun. The officer fired his department-approved firearm at Mr. Moonsing. Mr. Moonsing was struck and fell to the ground. The second officer, who had just exited his vehicle, made contact with the first officer. The second officer gave verbal commands to Mr. Moonsing to show his hands. The officers did not receive a response from Mr. Moonsing. Both officers observed the rifle on the ground near Mr. Moonsing. Now, if you take a look at the video, you'll see when they said drop the gun, that first shot actually hit him in the hand. He dropped the rifle. We come back from the break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Kure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the officer-involved shooting in the Austin Police Department, the Rajon David Moonsing case uh, that took place on November the 15th at 12.28 a.m., and so we were listening to the 911 call. We looked at the, the ring camera video uh, of the actual shooting. And we're talking about when the officers moved in after Mr. Moonsing had been shot. And so the second officer who had just exited his vehicle made contact with the first officer. And that second officer gave verbal commands to Mr. Moonsing to show his hands. The officer Officers did not receive a response from Mr. Moonsing, and both officers observed the rifle on the ground near Mr. Moonsing. A third officer then arrived on the scene, and all three officers approached Mr. Moonsing, who was still located on the porch of the residence with the rifle nearby. And the officers immediately began life-saving measures. The front door was open, and officers could see into the residence. One of the officers gave verbal commands from the open door to check for anyone who may have been injured or inside the residence. Officers checked the residence and did not locate anyone inside the home. Now, at approximately 1237 a.m., Austin Travis County EMS arrived on the scene, continued life-saving measures, and transported Mr. Moonsing to a local hospital where Mr. Moonsing succumbed to his injuries and was pronounced deceased. Civilians and officers on the scene did not sustain physical injuries, and the rifle observed on the ground near Mr. Moonsing and, and several spent shell casings were recovered and seized as evidence. Now, and, and all this is, um, and, and the, the, the weird thing about this is the, the quickness of the commands, you know, um, and I want to go back before that because I also want to talk about the officers when they arrived on the scene. Typically in a situation like this, uh, the police officers that arrived on the scene should park you know, at least a block or two away and then move up, you know, succinctly, you know, and behind cover and then give clear commands because we don't know, uh, according to the 911 caller, they should have been given the information that, you know, that was the homeowner in the robe, in the gray robe. And so that was actually, you know, had that actually had the rifle. And so that information should have been relayed to them. So not sure, you know, what information they actually got, you know, on, on their screen before they arrived on the scene there uh, because they did hear shots because they were close by as well. So they were actually, you know, 
things are happening pretty quick there. You know, beats, you know, hearts are moving kind of fast and, you know, blood pressure is kind of up there because uh, they're going, you know, they're hearing these shots and responding to that scene pretty, pretty quickly. Now, once the officers got there and told him to drop the gun, man, they didn't give him enough time. You know, Zach didn't have enough time. Yeah, what are they expecting to happen? Yeah, so let's go ahead and back, let's play that one more time so you can hear that. All right, so he's just fired into his home. Just that quick. They said drop the gun and they fired immediately. Drop the gun before you even get it out. Drop the gun. Pop, pop, pop. still hearing them finish the word gun when they start shooting. They start shooting. And the first shot hit his hand. There was two other shots after that. And he immediately dropped the gun from the first shot that was fired. And then he continued to fire it again once he was on the ground. So he didn't have a chance. No chance. No chance at all. Hmm. Sad situation. So it's probably going to be one of those situations where they're going to have to pay out some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sadly, for taking somebody's life. Right. Yeah. So, uh, not sure. Uh, I'm not sure of their the Austin Police Department's policy. You know, as far as I know, they should have parked you know a little further away, and then moved up behind cover, gave clear commands, and at least given him a, you know a chance to respond to that command that you just gave him. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a chance whatsoever to respond. So we'll see how this how this progresses and how this investigation goes and actually what happens. So uh, my hat is off to the Austin Police Department for you know actually releasing all the video and everything so we can take a look at it and, and see it for ourselves. And the family's got, you know, it's got questions. The family's upset, rightfully so. And also, I want to go back because I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if he was on something, if the homeowner was on like Ambien or something like that because it was just they didn't find anyone else in the home. There was no when you know, when police got there, they they searched the house. No one else was there, so you know something something's going on there. Something's weird. Would love to hear his side of the story, but we can't. Nope. So I'm wondering if he was on something because something's the and then even the nine one one caller says you know this guy is way too paranoid. Some you know something's going on. So the nine one one caller is thinking something was wrong with him as well and not alcohol. You know something was up. So I'm wondering if he was on something. You know, could he be in an ambient or something like something else like that? You know, just wondering. You know, so, but don't know. Too weird. We'll probably never know. And we all we you know we talk about you know things like this you know in the course. Um, and and when you let me go back a little bit, I want I want to talk about the nine one call because also the caller said that the the house we didn't we didn't listen to the uh, the friend yet, did we? Okay, so we. All right, you know what? Before we talk about, let me before I talk about that, let me listen to one more interview. Take take a listen to this interview of a friend of Mr. Rajon David Moonsing. Listen to what this. I know is Rajan came back from California that day. He did his normal business. He's opening a restaurant downtown at the Sea Home, and he came back. He was at home. He was with one of his coworkers and friends, Garrett, at the house. Um, there, were, he thought there was something going on. There was an intruder. Um, I don't know if he heard something or what Garrick described as what like made them think there was an intruder, but I know he went to the neighboring uh, house who has like a security detail set up 
and he'd ask them if they'd seen something. And uh, I know then Garrett was there for a while. Garrett left. Garrett, when he left, Rajan then, I think, continued to investigate. He had his, a gun on his person, so he went out to go look around his house, like, rousting around looking for something. And then from what happened next was, I think, he addressed the person or whatever, the intruder in his house. He shot into his house. In that intervening time, the security guard that was next door had called the police. The police had come out and like surreptitiously, like sort of like stationed themselves next door, one of our neighbor's houses. Like a rather like a large fence there that sort of can obscure anyone. And so they came in very quietly uh, and sort of waited around the corner. And then Rajan comes out of the house with his gun and they simultaneously tell him to drop his gun and shoot him without sort of alerting them to the fact that they're the Austin PD, without giving him a millisecond to respond to the, their request. So uh, in the sense that they were doing their duty as law enforcement, it's confusing to me. I know that the security guard reached out to them because he it's not his position to do something like this, but it seems like he was probably doing what he was told to do properly, where I think Austin PD sort of went beyond the expectation of sort of their job. The security guard, that's not, is it, it's not the same neighbor that Rajan had confided in about someone being there, right? No, so just directly to the side of him, there's another family, they also have a Labrador. Um, I think he'd asked them if they'd seen anything, it's directly adjacent. The person with the security guard has a gated fence and a security guard outside. I don't, they've only moved in, I think, I wanna say like six weeks ago, within the last two months. Gotcha, so this is a security guard that's protecting someone's home. It is okay. a private security guard. Gotcha. It troubles me because it, was, it wasn't that there was little time. There was no time. You actually have to have some time elapse. If I ask you to hand me something and you don't do it immediately, I can't get mad at you for not doing it. So, like, that plays out in any circumstance so that when it's something where it's life and death, you'd expect to take extra caution to provide any, any possible opportunity for him, especially since they were around the corner. It's, it's not as if they were in a position where... Yeah, I, uh, under no circumstances would I expect any security or, or any police force in any position where they could sort of actually have an expectation of a response, do what they did. So for me, I'm a private citizen. I am now trepidatious about calling the police. If I saw someone in my neighborhood and I didn't know what was going on and I felt like my instinct would be to call the police, after this, my instinct is to not call the police because my my. Why would I just have assumed they'd come by, see what's going on, and leave, not show up and kill the person? So that puts a weird burden on me as a citizen to trust law enforcement, to suddenly look at them as being someone who's probably going to go beyond the expectation of taking care of a, a situation. I don't know what that means in terms of remedial action. All I know is that when it's life and death, you can't be like, well, let's, let's figure it out next time. This is one of those things where it has a very final chord to it. Rajan doesn't get an option at this point to say, yeah, I'm really sorry that like this was confusing for you such that you had to come out with AR-15s. Um, next time, you know, maybe we can all do like a better job of being uh, uh, police. Instead, Rajan's dead and the police are sort of looking at it. Well, next time we'll do a better job. You know, so it's a, it's a weird story to tell. All right. All right. So that's a, that's a, a friend of Rajan uh, Moonsing.
And we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the job of a private security officer. We're going to talk about private security for Texas. Uh, the fact that a neighbor next door had a private security guard protecting their home. And they didn't interfere what was going on next door. And I'll tell you why they didn't interfere. There's a reason for that and why they chose to call the police instead. We come back from the break. We're talking about the Austin involved, uh, Austin police officer involved shooting in, in Austin, Texas on November the 15th at 1228 a.m. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about um, Austin, Texas. We're talking about an Austin-involved shooting of uh, Rajan David Moonsing uh, that took place on November the 15th at 1228 a.m. And I want to talk about private security because the home directly next door had a private security officer guarding that particular house on that street. Now, the job of a security officer is to protect, is to work where they're working, not to be uh, distracted or drawn away from their duty assignment. So the fact that there's something going on next door, they're not supposed to go over there and investigate what's happening next door because they can be lured away from who they're supposed to protect. So their job is to stay there at that house to protect their principal or their client and, 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 and protect that person and not worry about anything else. So their job was to call 911 and, you know, tell them what was going on, what they heard, saw, you know, and all that good kind of stuff. What are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's their duty is to their client. Observe and, observe and report, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, that's the job of a security officer. So, ah, man, that's – and the fact that they had security, man, a lot going on on that street. <laughs> they're busy yeah they're very busy people are taking their own personal protection in their own hands the fact that they Austin have... is one of the five safest big cities in the country uh, the fact that you have to have private security <laughs> in your neighborhood yeah it's the safest city uh-huh <laughs> wow that's a lot 
Mm-hmm. That's a lot of digest. Welcome to Austin, Texas. That's right. Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs> um, man, you know, I, I, we'll see how this all plays out. This is this is getting some national attention here. You know, I figured it would because also the Austin Police Department is facing contract. They're having contract negotiations right now. They're trying to get a new contract. And then this happens, you know, during that time frame. So this is really going to hurt their chances of getting that new contract they're seeking. So the guy did not even have the rifle pointed at the police. No, he correct? didn't. He had the, the rifle pointed at the house. He was pointed at the house in the opposite direction. Right. And then maybe at that time when he was shot, he had turned around, but the rifle was pointed at the ground. So he was already shot at that point then. And when he was shot, the rifle was pointed at the ground. It shot him in the hand. He dropped the gun. At least it looked to me he shot him in the hand. But he that first shot, he dropped the gun. First shot. And then they fired, what, like five more or something? Yeah, there were s- several. A fires. volley of A bullets. A volley of bullets after that. That's right. And, yeah, from the sound on the video, it sounds like they didn't even get the word to, you know, drop Dropped your gun. Boom, 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 boom. First of all, what about Austin Police Department? Drop your gun, you know, something, mm-hmm. and give him a chance to respond. And the fact that he just fired several, he fired a shot into his own house, staying in the entryway there, which is, eh, you know, how he did that is, you know, not the, ugh, I have problems with that anyway. But the fact that he did this in the entryway, meaning that he couldn't hear anything, his ears were ringing. So there's no way he heard anything they were saying. Mm-hmm. No way. Impossible. And so let's say that was just a concerned citizen license holder, mm-hmm. right, that had their gun. Mm-hmm. Um, they would not have been justified in shooting this guy, right? That's right. Because you can't really say that this guy is a threat to your life. You can't shoot someone unless you think they're trying to kill you. Uh-huh. But if they're shooting, you know, at something at a perceived they're a threat that they perceive as a threat, they're not a threat to you. Mm-hmm. So you're not justified in using deadly force. So what do you think about their level of justification there? I think that the Travis County DA is going to bring charges. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm convinced of that. You think? Oh, yeah. You think that'll actually happen, though? Yes. Because this is Austin. Mm-hmm. This is Jose Garza. Have any other Austin police officers been? Yes. Who? Uh, he's There are several officers that he has uh, he's brought charges against. Are any and notable he's, he's cases? Gone, yeah, he's gone back in time. Uh, Justin Berry. Uh, some, there's some total of 21 officers from the George Floyd protest. 21. 21 officers. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah he does go after them, and but not he, convicted them of murder, right? Um. Well. Yeah. It, it, everything's still pending. But they're, none they're still of the cases. charges are murder, are they? None. Yeah. So, so aggravated assault, assault from the protest, right? Aggravated assault. So I mean, there hasn't been an Austin DA that's convicted a APD officer of murder, have they? No. Now, this DA is a little different. He's well, this like will be a, a first. The, he's like an activist DA mm-hmm. where he's actually going after police officers rather than, you know. And not after criminals. That's right? correct. Not after criminals. But, I mean, is this APD officer a criminal? or We'll see. This, this, I, I, this is having a badge does not give you the ability to just shoot and kill. He wasn't, he wasn't, with and he community. wasn't a seasoned officer. He was only, I think, only two years on oh, the job. One of the newer, fresher recruits. Right. So, so not, not experienced. So if it's two years, that would have been the first year into COVID, which is uh, 
Yeah, I think a bunch of officers left the force around that time. Right. So you you're losing that that expertise. Uh-huh. You know that seasoned officer getting that you know really good, you know good training, and experience. Yeah, newer officers are a little bit more inclined to just jump the gun. Correct. Probably. Right. Which she was because uh-huh. I mean, he it, jumped that he gun. Definitely yeah. jumped the gun there. He jumped the word gun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. So. Oof. Yeah. That's sad. Very sad. Um. And then uh, we do want to talk about you know before we I guess go to California. You know, because I do want to talk about that case as, as well. Um, you know, we have Colorado. Why didn't the Colorado red flag law prevent the uh, Club Q shooting? Didn't he have a red flag law? Yeah, Colorado does, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, they kill it. And he know. made a bomb threat prior, like a year before. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, Red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders, allow for judges to make a ruling that results in firearms being taken away temporarily from a person who is deemed to be at risk of harming themselves or others, and they also prevent that person from purchasing guns for a set period of time. Uh, They are armed, I'm sorry, they're aimed at protecting against the actions of individuals who have made violent threats or may be going through some sort of crisis. the way the work is, the specific people can petition a court to issue an order when someone is deemed to be behaving dangerously or making violent threats. And the categories of individuals who can petition in this way vary from state to state. But all of the states that have enacted such laws, 19 plus District of Columbia, include law enforcement officers among those who can petition the court to have a red flag order imposed. And so... And household and the family members are also commonly listed. And in Maryland and Hawaii and District of Columbia, healthcare officials can petition the court should they be concerned over the behavior of a patient. In California, Hawaii, and New York, teachers or school administrators are included in the list of people who can petition the court. Now, typically, if the court finds there is a sufficient evidence of risk of violence, a judge will issue an ex parte or temporary temporary order. And these cover a very short period until a hearing can take place. At the subsequent hearing, uh, the potential subject of the order can provide an argument that they aren't dangerous. Now, if the court decides there is indeed a risk, it will deliver a longer-term order. Now, in most cases, it covers a period of up to a year, and the subject of the gun ban may be able to petition for the order to be ended earlier. Uh, and, sh- and, you know, should they be able to provo- uh, prove, for example, that their moment of mental crisis is over or that they have sought sufficient uh, treatment? Now, the petitioner can also ask for the order to be re- renewed at the end of the year. And like I said, this varies from state to state, but that's pretty much, you know, what it is. And, and even Texas has a, you know, has a so-called red flag law where you can do similarly the same thing. You, you like, like, um. Typically, the thing that that I see in my business is that when someone reaches a certain age and, like, dementia sets in and things of that nature, family members tend to step in and want to remove guns uh, from that person's home because they start forgetting, you know, who they are and where they're going, maybe start carrying the gun, and then you forget, you know, um, you know, forget little things like how to drive, you know, 
just little little things like that. And so they say, hey, let's you know try to remove the firearms from the house, uh, try to disable them so that person you know can't use them, and you know that usually happens you know where we have to we step in and they actually you know bring the guns to us and we hold on to them and and keep them until something happens either that person passes away and whoever you know who's the executive of the state then you know those guns will go back to that person there once they they have to come in and pass a background check if that's you know how the will is set up so um but in any any event they still have to pass a background check but it'll go to the person that's listed in the will is how that works. And so we, we, we experienced that quite a bit in the gun store in our industry where we have to hold on to firearms for people. So I can see, I can see me doing that. You know, I can see that happen to you, Zach. You get, yeah. yeah. When you get up there in age. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I know. I'm just playing. Let's, let's see if you're paying attention. <laughs> no, just joking. All right, we come back. I'm going to talk about this Austin attorney uh, that actually walked into a bar and confronted his girlfriend, and then she didn't want to talk to him, so he pulled out a gun and tried to shoot her and also tried to shoot himself. We're going to talk about that case. Uh, next, we come back from the break. And also, we're going to go to California. I'm going to talk about the California clerk who was fatally shot by a robber suspect, and the suspect is not going to be charged with murder. We're going to talk about that case. So basically, the guy goes in, tries to rob the store. The clerk gives chase, shoots at the bad guy. Bad guy turns around, shoots back at the clerk, kills the clerk, and he's not going to be charged with murder. We're going to talk about how that works, why he's not going to be charged, um, which I think I understand why he's not going to be charged. Uh, but he is going to be charged with the robbery, but not the murder. What do you think about that, Zach? I think that's messed up. You think that's messed up? Yeah. No. So he committed a robbery, committed which is, in Texas at least, something, well, I guess the laws are different in California. Yeah, laws are different in California. But he is he could be justifiably shot for robbery in Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I'm ex- well, we're going to break it down. We're going to explain why he's not going to be charged with the murder, but he's going to be charged with the robbery. Because it's California. You say California? I'm going to say let's look at the law. Let's see what the law says. We come back from the break. We'll talk about that more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about shootings that have happened around the country, and we're going to talk about um, another one, a little incident that happened here in Austin, Texas, and that one uh, is of an attorney. And so we actually have a video of the attorney walking into a bar and confronting his ex-girlfriend. So take a look at what we got to show you here. All right, so guy goes into the bar, sits something down on, on the counter there, the attorney, and he asks his girlfriend, hey, you know, uh, can I talk to you? She says no, and she, you know, turns a, a, away from him. He pulls out the gun to go and 
pulled the trigger to shoot her, and then two of the other patrons jumped on this guy, pounced on him to take to try to remove the gun from him, and he still fired a shot that hit the hit the wall there. He fired another shot, and he tried to fire a third shot that you know tried to shoot himself, and everything happened real quick. And man, I tell you, that guy that was sitting next to him that jumped into action really quick, boy, he was and he he was aware of his surroundings at all times. That was a good move on his part. Very good move, because he moved real quick. Not today, not on my watch. Brave. Brave. Both of them, actually. Uh, both of them moved really quick. And so this guy, this attorney, you know, uh, and I, I, I believe the girlfriend had a restraining order out on this guy. Yeah, I think he had a protective order. Protective order? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm doing my research right, right. now. So. And so um, and if, if that's so, you know, man. That's crazy. And and so then he gets arrested for trying to kill her, trying to shoot himself, and he's able to bail out within 24 hours by just paying $4,000. So you can live. Yeah, the, how is how is his bond so low? You can Do we have an answer to that? No. You can, what was he charged with? It's Travis County. What was he charged with? Travis County. Zach, do you have the story pulled up? No. So I mean, literally, <laughs> within you know twenty four <laughs> hours, very helpful. Uh, twenty four hours, he gets out, you know, just by paying four thousand dollars. You know, you, your girlfriend, uh, ex girlfriend, has a restraining order, a protective order. Dude, you, you try to shoot her, you try to shoot yourself. That's terrifying. Um, and you're able to bail out in twenty four hours, and then later kills himself once he gets out. You know, he could have gone after her. Oh, he did end up killing himself. Yes. Well, good he, for him. He could have he could have gone after her. So man, that's that says a lot about our you know Travis County DA. Yeah, his bond was only forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and he was pulled a gun. Why does it not say what the actual charge was? There's no way it was attempted murder though, because he wouldn't have. Uh, uh, it wouldn't have been that low, right? Don't know. Well, this is awesome. Casey. Do you have details on this? Yeah, I. Mm. Oh, really. Rush was charged with second-degree felony, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, family violence. Mm. It's a long name for a charge. But nonetheless, um, that's, that's, uh, that's still a really low bond even for that, you know? If you get picked up on, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, a, like weed charges or something, mm-hmm. that's, the bond for that is even maybe like, you know, 10, 20 grand. You know what I mean? I mean, you only pay 10%, but the point is that this guy clearly was trying to kill this woman, mm-hmm. obviously, and they gave him a low bond. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. It's Travis County. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and, I, and did he, didn't he have a situation with a previous? Mm-hmm. He sure did. This is not his first rodeo. No, no. Gavin Rush, 41, allegedly... Approached the bar with a gun while his ex-girlfriend was working as the bartender. The woman told police Rush had recently found out she was in a relationship with a new person and had been threatening to harm himself and the person she was starting a relationship with. She told police she had stopped responding to Rush's text messages. Um, yeah, get a grip, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this was not the first time that's happened. He did it with a previous girlfriend. And he tried to kill himself while, while the guy tackled him to the ground, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. And the guy who tackled him put his finger between the guard and the trigger. Mm-hmm. Wow. So who was the guy that tackled him to the ground? I mean, this dude was obviously... Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't want anyone to know who he is. Sounds like he was a... Um, he was a hero. Well, it sounds like he might have been even like military or something with instincts like that. Military, law enforcement. 
yeah, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I say military and law enforcement. I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, don't want anyone to know who he is. Yeah, for sure. All right, and you know what? Let's go to California. So let's talk about this California case. So the California clerk. And so this took place in, let's see. Well, let me back up a little bit. So a robbery, a, a robber was fatally shot in Northern California gas station, you know, fatally shot in Northern California gas station clerk, uh, but won't be charged with murder because the victim wrongly chased and opened fire on the gunman, according to the prosecutors. So this guy goes into a gas station. And this and is where again? This happened in California, California. And it's a, you know, a botch. It's Contra Costa County, wherever that is. And it's a botch robbery. So the clerk gives chase to the bad guy. Bad guy runs down the street. Uh, is running away. The clerk is shooting at the bad guy. And the, uh, the bad guy turns around and shoots back and hits the clerk and kills the clerk. And so he's not going to be charged. And here's why. Okay. The reason he's not going to be charged is because this uh, at the time that the clerk was chasing this guy, he was no longer in danger anymore. You know, and we talked about this. OK, so once the threat has stopped, you got to let him go. Remember that situation where I told you where if uh, let's say I start a fight and let's say I'm losing the fight and I give up, you know, I say, OK, 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 I give, I give. But then you're blocking my way. You won't let me leave. Then now, because you won't let me leave, I'm justified using force, daily force to stop you. So the clerk was no longer in danger anymore. The guy had ran away. He should have let him go. Instead of letting him go, you know, he turns or he's firing shots at this guy while he's trying to run away. And so the guy defends himself. At that point, he has a right to self-defense. Yeah, we talked about that story <laughs> about a month ago where the uh, off-duty firefighter or that, EMS. That's right. Was uh, basically, um, he was holding this guy down who had threatened the store clerk with a gun. Mm-hmm. And then the guy on the ground gave the gun to his girlfriend. Oh, his yeah. And shot the firefighter. Mm-hmm. And that was insane. They were not charged. That's not right. charged at that's right. all. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, you had an interesting take on that yeah. uh, from which, a racial yeah, standpoint. Yeah, which is what it, yeah, which is what it, you know what? A, what does the law stand for? The, the which legally, is exactly what I just said. legally, what it was that was correct, but uh, morally, ethically, common sense, logically, in every other aspect, it's completely there's right backward. There's yeah, right, the, there's wrong, and then there's the law. This sets yeah. a really bad precedent that you can commit a yeah. felony crime that someone is justified in killing well, okay, you or shooting. Michael, you for. think about this. Think about this. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. The guy that goes into the bar in Austin tries to kill his ex girlfriend. Yes, he gets tackled to the ground. Let's say he had somebody with him and he handed a gun to that guy, and that dude shot the guy that tackled him to the ground. That is under your legal definition, well, under Texas law definition, or whatever state that was in. That's legal. No, because he they, he fired shots. That's totally different. Whoa, totally what? Different. You're a hypocrite. Totally different. What? Totally different. No, he fired shots. That is not. Yeah, it is. You're just trying to stir the He's, pot. Nope. nope. You just want to stir nope. up the pot. Nope. Totally Life. different. Michael. I know. You just don't like it. You just no, don't like I don't it. like it because it's wrong. I know. And we need to live in a society where the wrong things are punished there's and right. the right things are rewarded. There's right. There's wrong. Come on, and, man. Come on, man. And then there's the law. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. There's wrong. You know who you're starting to sound a lot like? Who? Garza. Jose Garza. Nah, I never sound like that. because My don't... name is Jose Garza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your district attorney. 
Oh, Casey on the buttons on the board. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I can't swear on the radio, obviously. So here, here's here's how it goes. <laughs> Cut here, me off real here, fast. Here's how this goes. It's nonsense, okay. Michael. That's nonsense. In the eyes of the law, Mr. Williams' actions ceased to be self-defense when Mr. Williams pursued Mr. Jackson and the other suspect with the firearm. Well, did he, ha- continue, did he, st- he continued to pursue Mr. Jackson after he shot him according to the DA's office. Okay, but didn't he steal something? The legal distinction is clear. When your property and your life are being threatened and the individual is legally justified in using deadly force and self-defense. However, once the threat of harm has dissipated, the victim of property crime cannot then use deadly force to reclaim stolen property in California. So it's different than Texas. It's different than Texas. Okay, that's, that's... I want to make sure that that, we're talking was, California. that point was made. Yeah. That's right. We're talking California. Um, you got to know the laws in the state that you live. Where well, you we live, have a lot of listeners you know? from Texas, though, so I want to make sure that they know that you know in Texas, that's di- that's he different. could have shot that guy. Absolutely. Which he'd is been, why Texas is the best. In Texas, he would have been justified. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Adios, mofo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Casey, you <laughs> On the money, Casey. Um... <laughs> Anyways, uh, you said in the eyes of the law that this was this was um, not justified, right? Yeah. So in, in California, but the guy's still in, dead, in, right? In, in Cali- so don't rob a gas station. That's yeah. the point. And 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 you know you know when it comes to a lot of different things, people think that you can you can shoot someone for theft during the daytime. You know, like someone walks into a store and loads up load up their shopping cart with groceries and then go out to their vehicle and put those groceries in the vehicle. Can you shoot them for it? No, you can't because that's theft during the daytime. It's not robbery or aggravated robbery. Because they didn't have a weapon. They didn't take it with force, right. and they didn't use a weapon to take it. So it's not robbery or aggravated robbery. They, you know, they, it's theft. Right. So you can't shoot someone with theft in the daytime, not even in the Texas law. Only theft at night. What do you mean they didn't use force? So what I, I'm, if, I'm saying in a, in a different you define, different Can you situation. define force for anybody that wouldn't understand what that means? Force, uh, there's force and there's daily force. Force does not cause death or serious bodily injury. Daily force does. So force, I display the gun. That's, I'm using force to Brandishing. Make, you, make you comply with what I want you to do. Okay. Um, I push you. That's using force. I hit you is using force. As long as I don't cause death or serious bodily injury. If it causes death or serious bodily injury, then that's deadly force. I shoot you. I stab you. That's deadly so, force. So what, then what's defined as serious bodily injury? Because, you know, different people could determine that as different things. Yeah. I, I cut you. I break your arm. That's serious bodily injury. What if you just injury. punch me in the face? No, it's not serious bodily injury. Unless right. I, you know, unless it causes damage. So the, damage. the intent... It has less to do with intent and more to do with the results of the of the uh, the physical act. Yeah, we come back. We'll finish this talk. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, let's go over to let's go up to New York. New York City. Let's go to Harlem. So the New York uh, police investigators are seeking suspects in a homicide weeks after a 45-year-old man was beaten by about 30 people on ATVs and dirt bikes. This happened in East 125th Street in East Harlem. And the man who police identified as Arthur Cook was driving east and around 
Right around 10 p.m. on November the 4th, when someone in the group struck the passenger side mirror on his vehicle. And the police department said when he got out to inspect the damage, riders began beating him. They beat him so bad they killed this guy. Uh, one of the people in the group brandished a firearm. And so basically the guy was beaten and then uh, paramedics showed up and they was he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Trauma to his neck and spine. Man, crazy. So whenever something like that happens, you really should stay in your vehicle. Don't exit your vehicle. Uh, in Texas, if you're in Texas, the law protects you if you stay in your vehicle. You have the Castle Doctrine. If someone enters your vehicle, try to remove you from your vehicle, you can use force, a deadly force to stop them. So never get out of your vehicle. And always remember, the law really doesn't care about the damage that's being caused in your vehicle. They don't care that someone broke a mirror, they, they keyed your vehicle, they dented your vehicle. The law doesn't care about that other than it's a civil matter. Sounds like the law doesn't really care about much at all, honestly. <laughs> Uh, what's interesting about this case is that um, in New York, they have very strict gun laws. And you've basically, from what I understand, got to know the, the local sheriff in order to get your permit accepted, right, mm. to, to buy one. So what's funny is that with all those laws, this biker gang of criminals still, one of them brandished a piece at this guy. So they still got a gun. Mm. But this guy, who, if he had a gun, possibly could have saved himself, um... And he couldn't. So, again, the law's not doing anything here, Michael. So you bring up the law a lot, but the law means just about diddly squat. <laughs> well, it's important that you know. So what I say is illegally carry you, a gun. It's important that you know the law. And so that way. Oh, is you, it? You stay within the confines of the law. You stay within that sheet of paper. Yeah, but, Michael, if this guy knew the law, guess what? He'd still be dead. Oh, he should, he should move. The law should be changed. I he shouldn't move. I wouldn't be in New York. <laughs> That's a good point, but I'm just saying he's. Guess where he lives? I live in the free state. Does he live in Texas or does he live in New York? Yeah, he's, he's not he lives in New York. He should live in the free state. Now he's living six feet under the ground because the law in New York is trash. There you go. And also probably unconstitutional and because that's, that's how they vote. That's their fault. Right. It's true. And right now we have going on. Earth, is it true? We have elections going on right now, and for mayor of Austin, and so we have to decide whether we're going to have someone that's going to. I guess push for, you know, have we had stronger Kirk law Watson? enforcement or push for something else. What's that Kirk Watson guy's deal? He used to be a state senator. He used to be former mayor of the city of Austin. Um, he used to be the mayor? Yeah, he used to be mayor of the city of Austin. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he was former mayor. Uh, then he became state senator. Uh, and now he's running for mayor again. Is he any good? Uh, well, I mean, to Is me, he, he better put than us, Adler. To me, he put us in the problems that we're in right now. He's okay, the reason so he's, why we didn't expand, you know, thirty-five. Why we didn't do a lot of things that we should have done, you know, twenty years ago. So, so who's got a realistic shot at becoming mayor of Austin? And and uh... well, it's either going to be him or Cecilia Israel. And I'm willing to bet if I had to put my money on it, I bet you Cecilia Israel is probably going to win. Um, and mm. she's not. She's I I think uh, how can I say this? Anti law enforcement. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I just jumped yeah. out of my skin. Yeah, anti. Um, yeah, for sure. She is anti-law enforcement. That's it. Yeah, if, yeah that's how. Would, that's how I'm gonna. What's paint her? It. What's her stance on firearms? I'm I'm painting her that that way because of the people that she's surrounding herself with, in her camp. Like Jose Garza. Like uh, the Chad Moore. <laughs> <laughs> the people, um, you know, the people that are in that defund the police. No, no, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'm not. Look, I. Defund the police, refund the police, expel them. I don't know. Who cares? My my question is, what's her stance on Second Amendment? Because the cops, 
Even if they get defunded or refunded or neither one of them support the Second Amendment. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that neither the, one of the them. police aren't gonna make it to you on time to protect you anyways. Their response time is super slow and they don't really care. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You said it before. You gotta protect yourself. Can't expect the police to protect you. It's okay. not even their job anyway, really. Both of them were in the, the state legislature. You know, Cecilia Israel was a state representative, voted against the, you know, but pro pro gun bills. Kirk Watson was a state senator who voted against pro-gun bills. They're both anti-gun. But I I know, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there's a difference between voting against a pro-gun bill and, like, actively writing and supporting really anti-gun bill. They both actively— that as well? Yes, that so is there's not much difference. So we're— no. SOL. In, in the eyes of the gun owners, they're both the same. In the eyes of the people, huh? Yeah, they're both the same. They're the same, okay. Evil well. and evil. All right. <laughs> Thank you for enlightening me. And it's, it's you know, we're going to push the city to burn to the ground. That's where we're going to be at. It's not going to burn to the ground. We're going to just turn into a New York, L.A. type situation. This is going to be an example. Austin is, 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 is an example of how to destroy a city within three, four years. You know, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know I think Adler is going to go down as he's going to be remembered for probably being the one responsible for all this. If You know, you say Kirk Watson uh, got us into all this stuff, but, I mean, Adler has expedited the process tremendously it was a lapse in judgment <laughs> you remember when i interviewed him and i asked him about that uh the home depot on st john's why we can't house homeless people there for free he's like and he was like yeah what a and it's still there that, that building being, what's it being used for nothing nothing that's right and nothing. it never will be you know why hmm. never mind i'm not even gonna get into right. it yeah all right, next story. All right, let's go to Virginia. Virginia Walmart gunman manifesto claims he was betrayed by his co-workers he killed and felt led by Satan. What's, what? What's up with this story? I didn't again? hear that part of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. What have you been doing for the last 10 minutes? Okay. What have I been so, doing? All right, so an employee, Andre Bing, an employee and an accused gunman Bing. behind six killings in a Chesapeake, Virginia Walmart on Tuesday, left a manifesto blaming the deadly violence on torment by co-workers and demonic influences so he was crazy okay sorry god i failed you this was not your fault but my own i failed to listen to the groans of the holy spirit which made me poor representation of you this is this is screaming victim mentality to me that's what he wrote that's what i he failed wrote. you be better do better man if you actually believe in god you wouldn't do something like this this guy sounds like he's just full of it yeah he legally purchased a nine millimeter handgun from a local store on the morning of the shooting and police revealed friday he had no criminal history police found a box of ammunition various items in reference to the nine millimeter handgun box receipt and other paperwork so he didn't have a criminal history at all legally purchased the gun oh this is the guy that's the guy he looks like a psycho mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, those man. eyes. Those are psycho eyes. <laughs> it's true. Uh, what did you say? His <laughs> eyes. Oh, yeah, he's got the eyes. You know who else has that? Nah, never mind. Yeah, yeah and so uh, he wrote that he was harassed by idiots and low intelligence and lack of wisdom, specifically mentioning an incident which his dignity was completely taken away beyond repair by my phone getting hacked. The death note includes multiple antidotes of what being believed An anecdotes. An anecdotes of what being believed was targeted harassment from his coworkers. He goes on to say he believed that those around him were intentionally harassing him and sabotaging his life. Oh, he closed out by claiming that he was a loving person and saying 
what he had wanted was to find a wife. My true intent was never to murder anyone, believe it or not. Blah, blah, blah. I was one of the most loving people in the world, if you get to know me. I just wanted a wife that was equally yoked as I. Yoked? And obsessed over I, the I don't thought. think that means what you think it means. No. Yoked, like, religiously. <laughs> You're a personal trainer, so I know that you probably... Come on, thought, he thinks he's yoked. I want a jacked wife! <laughs> uh... This, Spiritually jacked. So, so this guy has like some sort of god complex. I take it. He says these people are low intelligence. He's an egomaniac. He thinks he's better than other people. He he is entitled. Didn't get what he wanted from these people because he probably act like as crazy as what his note sounds like. And then um, he went nuts. I mean, how do you stop something like this, Michael? It's got nothing to do with gun law, in my opinion. Well, I'm sure he has a family, and I'm sure his family knew something was wrong with this guy. And that's where it should have started. Do you, you know? do you really think that, though? Yes. Like, if he's crazy, it, mm-hmm. what if it was genetic and his family's crazy, too, and they don't even know because they're nuts? Mm. You know what I mean? Well, you know. Because we talk about this a lot, and I, I do think that a lot of it relies on the family, but I think just community in general um, should be held more responsible. How? Why? Why wouldn't the family? family no, should... no, 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 no. Okay. I include the family in, oh, okay. that's in, in the, the umbrella of the okay. community. Okay. I, I should have uh, been more specific, but... That's that's my take on it because, um, you know, just like with that the ATV gang in New York, the biker gang, mm-hmm. they still had a gun, and I guarantee it was an illegal gun. Yeah. And if this guy wanted to do this, he could have gotten an illegal gun. So it doesn't matter if he purchased it legally or not, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Zach? Forget it either way, right? Right. So... How do we, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe people just need to start going to church again or something. Oh, now you want to turn to the Lord. I went to church once, remember? And you said that's you, gonna get you, for that. you said you thought I was going to catch on fire. <laughs> I thought you were going to burst into flames. Dude, you know what's crazy? When I, when I walked in, smoke started coming off of my body. I believe it. True story. We come back from the break. <laughs> we're going to talk about... <laughs> Gary finding the Lord. <laughs> and also, we're going to go to Colorado. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, let's travel to Colorado, and let's talk about this Club Q shooting. It was that, that was the gay club, gay club shooting, right, Gary? Yes. Okay. And so, what, what happened with that shooting, ma'am? Um, I read that. Get a little closer. There we go. Hello? Yeah. Who is this? Who's our guest today, Michael? Yeah, who are you? Hi, I'm Maddie. What Mara. up, Maddie? How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great. Nice. So you, you heard about this Club Q shooting, right? Yes. What, what, what is it all about? Um, I was told that a non-binary person went in there and... Non-binary? What is that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, it's when you're made out of ones and zeros. <laughs> I think it's just they don't identify as either male or female, so they just essentially are no one. I mean... You're saying you're nothing. Dude. No. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's a mental illness. Do you? 
Okay, but anyway. All right, so Club Q, he's not. this person is non-binary. Non-binary, and I think it was an ex-veteran uh, was able to take him out or take them out, and then a drag queen stepped on his groin area. Nice. <laughs> Nothing like taken down by a drag queen. At least that's what, yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, okay. All right, nice. All right, so, <laughs> it, and and there's more to this story because now there are reports coming out of uh, about the, the parents. So the mother steps in, you know, to the spotlight, and also the dad steps in, steps into the spotlight. The mother, uh, Lori Vopel, was issued a court summons for an alleged incident just hours after the nightclub shooting. But according to the the information that's been released, the Colorado Springs Police Department says that uh, she was arrested that night, and that Lori Vopel, which is the mother of the Club Q shooter, uh, had has been charged with resisting arrest, a misdemeanor and disorderly conduct, an unclassified petty offense, according to court documents and a copy of the citation obtained by the news media. Now, details are limited as of uh, this past week, but the alleged incident in question happened at an apartment complex just a few hours after the shooting. Uh, the mother of the shooter was warned multiple times to stop yelling or, should be, or she'll be arrested. And according to the citation, she accused she's accused of continuing to make unreasonable noise and directly next to multiple apartments around 3.30 a.m. in the morning. So that's the mother. So, she's, yeah, she's crazy. And did we talk about the father yet? Did you guys talk about that already? Or did, or no, did we... And the father. There's a video of the father. And I guess we can pull that video up yeah. of the father and let you guys um, take a listen to that. And I don't know if, if, if there's swearing in it, though. Did we check that, Casey? Um, it's the link, uh, the Instagram link. It should say Colorado. So, uh, dad. All right. So, um, man, they, but the mother, uh, man, I just. So, the, look, the dad was used to, I think he was on an episode of that rehab show, that reality <laughs> TV rehab show for being addicted to methamphetamine. Seriously? Yes. And oh, he man. also was uh, like an extremely conservative Christian Republican because he basically his reaction to the shooting, finding out his son shot up a gay club was what was my son doing in a gay club? Was he gay? Oh, he wasn't gay. That's all he cared about. Was, that's psychotic. Good thing he's not gay. That's psychotic, man. <laughs> that's all he was concerned. He's like, whew, glad he's not gay. <laughs> it's like, okay, what about, but he was non-binary. What about the fact he just shot a bunch of people? No, I'm just glad he's not gay. <laughs> Right, so so that, I mean, and then his mom was doing what you were just saying, right? This is his father. This is his family, dude. His father, his so, mother so, and his so father. So this, this proves my point, what I was just saying about... Cray-cray one, cray-cray two. So if it, how can you put it on the family if the family's crazier than him? Create a child and, they, and creates cray-cray three. Look, dude, here's the deal. Crazy people shouldn't be allowed to have kids. Uh, okay. I said it. Yeah. All right. All right? Yeah. All right. But we're we're gonna listen to the dad. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you there needs there's got there's got to be somebody's got to come up with an idea that can um, regulate how how well, he, there's more to the dad because the dad's like a former MMA fighter, right? And a porn star. Yeah, yeah dude, it's this is it's really out of control. See, what, this what, makes what'd you me think? Th the guy they need Jesus, man. Nah, but not that kind of Jesus. Don't put that on the not Lord. The, not the anti. That's too much for the Lord to handle. <laughs> So, he, so you think the family should be able to handle it, but God can't handle it. Uh, that's too and much. these people are crazy. That's too much. That's too much. can't handle it. I'm that's, just saying, man. It's too much. Former MMA fighter, porn star, meth head, and only thing yeah, he's like, and how the, are you gonna, and the how, one thing he's concerned with, he says, his, I'm glad my son's not gay. Glad he's not gay. Dude, how are you going to judge somebody for being gay if you're in porn, 
You fight people for a living, and right. you got addicted to meth. Right. Well, let's see what the dad had to say. Come on. If we ready for that video yet. All right. We're, um, almost, we're almost ready with it. But, <laughs> yeah. That's Colorado, though. I mean, what do you expect from Colorado? You know, they've legalized weed. <laughs> what do you expect? Go ahead. Um, Zach. <laughs> You're like, I'm not touching that. I, I don't right. think. I don't All right, think weed they, folks, don't come after me. I don't um, think that. Anybody could have prevented this guy from doing this. No. I think we just live in a society that is so out of control, mm-hmm. and everybody's obsessed with themselves. And if, but they, quick, and if I feel but, bad, I'm going to do something to lash out at somebody else. And but we're, we're all quick to blame the guns, though. That's yeah. what's sad about it. Well, yeah. And I think Colorado's even I mean, got new gun laws that have that oh, should have. That, oh, yeah. Their red flag laws didn't prevent this. Right. They've, they're big on red flag laws out there. And that they didn't should. do anything. And, and they... Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. You know, there's not we just need to as a society, we just need to develop a go back to having a better value system or something because this this is just getting out of control. Well, let's let's Guns hear- guns used to be more legal. Uh-huh. 60 years ago and this wasn't happening. It's got nothing to do with guns. This right. is a trend in society it's in the water. that's becoming more and more popular. You know what? It probably does have something to do with Estrogen being in the water. Something in the but water. I'm not allowed to talk about conspiracies on here anymore, otherwise I'll get pulled off the air. <laughs> so we're not going to get into it, Michael. All right, well, let's hear what the dad had to say. Let's go to the dad in Colorado. They're on, they're on, on to find it's a, a gay bar. Yeah, right. And, and, and I was like, oh, my God, is he gay? As a scare. Oh, my God, shit, is he gay? Hmm. And he's not gay. So it's like, it's Well, you guys had had conversations about that you you were I'm a Mormon I'm a, a conservative Republican and if you're watching the yeah, show right now they're Mormon is that what he said yeah Mormons aren't allowed to drink coffee even he's not Mormon he smoked meth what? <laughs> it's, yeah it sounds like he's still on it yeah well doesn't say anything about not smoking meth yeah but if you <laughs> <laughs> Is if that, you is that in the Mormon Bible? If you look at the video, if you're watching right now, I mean, if you're listening right now on the uh, on the air, go to YouTube, type in "Come and Talk It," find today's episode, and watch this. Watch the video of this guy. Like th- this is the this is the shooter's dad, mm. and just look at him. That's why he I'm, looks deranged. He looks that, like a drugged up. Uh, what's that actor's name? Josh uh, Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah. Yeah, and and he's like fidgeting around and tweaking out and his hands like all contrived in a weird way. I'm Looks just like saying he's hiding his upper teeth because they're they're missing. Gone. I mean, the, the guy's out of his mind, but that's what I'm telling you, Michael. Like whenever we talk about stuff like this, you say that it's, the family should have done something. This guy's not going to do anything to, to prevent his front son from shooting up a club. He almost sounds happy. I'm not going to put words in the guy's mouth, but he almost sounds happy that his kid did it mm. in a weird way. You know, he's like relieved, but he, but he has no sympathy whatsoever for any of the victims. No, he's just relieved. He's not gay. Yeah, but if you're that concerned, it sounds like he doesn't care. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that wasn't his mindset at all. Yeah, didn't. <laughs> so, what's your solution then? Do you have a solution? Because I'm saying it's up to the whole community because it takes a village to raise a child, right? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of these people, a lot of these kids that are shooting up these schools, they're on prescription drugs, and their parents are 
not the best anyways, because if they were, they would have raised a better kid than one that would shoot somebody, shoot up a club. I think conservatives. But what if these, what if these, what, what if these crazy people didn't want to? Conservatives got something to think about. But what if these crazy people didn't want to have an ab- of abortion and they still had the kid? You know, they still have the autonomy. Hey, to be if you don't want your guns kid. taken away, if we don't want them coming after our guns, let them have abortions. But what if they didn't want to abort this kid? That's what I'm saying. That's not a solution either. Yeah. You know, what, what, what would you say is the solution? I just asked you. I don't know. <laughs> he just told you. Yeah, I just told you. Mandatory um, abortions? That's right. Uh, we're, yes. we're taking left turns and right turns on this program today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to New York City. New York City ghost gun builder arrested uh, after sharing a photo of a seven-year-old son wielding firearms, according to the, what the prosecutor has to say. So a New York City man has been arrested. And Corey Davis, 41, is now facing multiple charges after a New York City police officer recovered 14 of the privately assembled weapons in two of his apartments, including a 10-inch semi-automatic pistol and tools to what they call assault weapon-style pistols, according to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The allegations make it evident that the manufacturing of these weapons, Davis put not only the public but a child in serious peril. According to the DA's okay. office. Okay. <laughs> okay. You got, like, real quick. Why? How was he putting this child in peril? Yeah. How? By having the guns in the first place. By, were they loaded? Like, I don't understand Did what the... Did the kid have the gun in his hand in picture or what? No, he just, he just had him in the apartment. Oh. That's oh, insane. Oh, oh well, I don't, know, I don't know about the picture, though. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. So they're saying, hey, you shouldn't have... Uh, images should... of his seven-year-old son wielding two yeah, hold, of the firearms. Yeah, holding a gun. Yeah. So I guess he shouldn't have had... I wish it. we had more time to talk about this one. Yeah. And also, I do want to talk about Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk said he sleeps with a gun. You know that, right, Gary? Yeah, he sleeps with a picture of George Washington next to his bed as well. And two pistols. Two guns. Yeah. That's right. He's pro-gun. Man, that's something for Twitter. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> I like that. That means maybe we'll get unshadow banned finally and be able to get our... Gain our audience back. Well, that's only if he takes over Facebook. No, I mean if, if we if <laughs> or we, YouTube. Uh, actually, you know what's funny? Our uh, our following mm-hmm. on Twitter went up by like four or five hundred people when, when when he bought it. Really? Yeah, that's good. So I think people started finding our clips and stuff again. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You listen, come and talk it with Michael Cargill. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.